Thank you for listening to another episode of the Grit for 60 podcast. But first, uh, a quick ad read here from our friends over at MyBookie Online. As you guys know, there's no other sport like hockey, from the fast tempo to the fights to the highlight reel plays, and there's no better way to make it more exciting than betting on it. By understanding the details of each team and game, you can turn that knowledge into cash with MyBookie.ag. Nobody gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie has the best payouts and better odds than any other sports book. I wouldn't be telling you this if they weren't the best. You can risk a little or a lot on as many games as you want, and with Christmas around the corner, there are daily gifts, free plays, free spins, and more. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $100, you receive an extra $50 free money to play with. Deposit $200, get an extra $100, you get it. Just use the promo code THPN to activate the offer and take advantage of this. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Grip Resistance Podcast. My name is Connor Farrell, you can call me TC, and I am broadcasting live from Jacksonville, and I am joined from the Independent Alligator. Hey everyone, I'm Brendan, also known as TCJ. Uh, do we not have an episode title here? Oh, that's right. I got all of my things. Uh, that, that's your order. thing. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the Grip Resistance Podcast Chameleon Edition. I like that one. That, that's right. We didn't just watch the Rangers scrimmage each other. That was just the Jets playing the Rangers, where the Jets used basically the same color scheme, but dark instead of white. I would like to imagine that there are going to be a grand total of like five people who understand that chameleon reference. Well, people know what chameleons are. It's not hard. I know, I know, but it's specific anyway so yeah um tough tough result from the jets after a couple of good games from them yeah i mean i think we talked about last pod how we didn't expect the jets to come away with two wins over the weekend and they came away with two wins over the weekend both by a score of five to two somehow and then to come out tonight and do whatever that was against a non-playoff team. It's, uh, it's concerning. Hold They're on. in win-every-game mode, and that is not winning every game. Yeah. And, the, the, you know, I think you mentioned it uh, either last episode or the episode before, but they're in this stretch now where they just – they have a bunch of games where they just have to take care of business. And then they get the Flyers and the – Capitals twice. You know, those are going to be probably tougher games compared to the rest of the stretch that they've got here. Um, 
tonight was one of those nights where they needed to take care of business and they, they just didn't. They just did not take care of business. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. I mean, there's nothing else you can really say. Like, there's no way to like really disagree with that. You know, like this was a game where they needed points. They got none of them and they didn't look particularly great at the same time. So let me, let me ask you this. Yeah. Is it fair to break it down as simple as they didn't take care of business or as, you know, or is that too, too reductionary? Reduction? Mm, you get what I'm saying? Too simple. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I also had to pause for a second on the word reductionary because I think there's a 50-50% chance that you made that up. I might have made that up. I do that from time to time. Like bloopery. Bloopery. <laughs> I think bloopy is probably the word I was looking for in that instance. But getting back to this, it, it, am I being too dramatic and just saying, well, they didn't take care of business? Is that too, I guess, cliche or too simple? No, because when you're a team that is in a playoff race and you play a team that's very much not in the playoff race, you need to win. <laughs> You need to at least get a point. You, you can't lose four to one to a team like that. I guess I'll, and I'll ask a follow-up question. I know the Rangers aren't in a very good spot in the standings, but are they actually a bad team? Or are, I feel like they've been playing better recently. Yeah, they've been better as of late, but they're still not – great they've got some good goaltending and they've got some promising players and you know are obviously Artemi Panarin and you know Zibanejad and Adam Fox but like other than that it's rough around the edges to say the least and I, by no means am I saying well the Rangers are a good enough team to uh make things difficult for the Jets I, I think it's worthwhile asking ourselves how good was the opponent tonight, really? And I think it still comes down to not really good. Like, the Jets should have been able to beat them. But, I got, you know, you, you can't just assume these things now, you know? You got to take care of business. And I, I should stop saying that because it is very cliche. And I'm, the more I say it, the more I'm cringing on the inside. Yeah, and I get that. Like, it's... Hard to stay stuck on one result in the National Hockey League for too long, right? Because, like, dumb shit happens all the time in this league. Exactly. Like, the Capitals getting blown out by the Flyers the other night. Yeah. Well, and then the Capitals getting blown out by the Islanders. Yeah. Like, it just... Like, almost in back-to-back nights. Just... You know, it's hard to stay stuck on, on one result per se but still like when you're in a tight playoff race because you know nobody in the pacific actually wants to do something so they all kind of huddle around the same point position (laughs) and you know the central's pretty tight too and you you did you say point did you say point you you gotta you gotta bank some points brennan yeah point Shots. Stop. Stop. They didn't tonight. The Ellers goal. 
Cool. That was one. Yeah. How many how many goals from the slot did they score? Uh, zero because they didn't take any shots from the slot. How about that? <laughs> that is the correct take. Checkmate, atheists. I can't even like meme my way out of that. If you look at the uh, heat map, they took like oh, actually almost like like very few shots from the slot. Like, there's a little bit there, but far more shots from like above the circles which is absolutely ridiculous compared to where the Rangers are taking. The Rangers took a lot of shots from between the circles and two of them went in for goals. Yeah, like, uh... Somehow, the Jets managed to attempt 57 shots tonight and have an expected goals total of 1.44. That is not good. They outshot... They out-attempted the Rangers 57-44 to and lost the expected goals battle 57.5% to 42.45%. Is... They did nothing offensively. Is shot location the biggest driver of expected goals in the Jets' case? Because I, I look at their, their Corsi numbers, and usually, I mean, they're not good but they're not nearly as bad as the expected goals numbers. And I, I suspect that a big difference there is the fact that the Jets just aren't taking shots from dangerous locations. Yeah, so I believe um, that the twins over at Evolving Wild have said multiple times that um, the biggest, like the top component in their expected goals uh, model is distance away from the net. Granted, like, that doesn't account for, you know, like, puck movement before the before the shot, right? Because we just don't have access to that. Like, that's just not something that is currently available or tracked or whatever. Well, and it's not just Evolving Wild. I look a lot at uh, Sean Tierney's charts, and he's got – I mean, the, the Jets are consistently the worst expected goals team on those charts. And uh, – it's not particularly close, um, but a lot of times the Corsi numbers, the actual shot attempt numbers, are still bad, but nowhere near as bad. Much more competitive with the rest of the league, I should say. Yeah, the uh, the Jets are something when you look at the numbers. And you know what? I've said this before, but I'm not going to stop complaining about it until I see it more consistently. Just have Ellers run everything below the red line and find a wide open lining. Because you know what happens when Ellers carries the puck in? He tracks three or four defensemen with him. Yeah, I wish and I uh, leave some guys open. You know, yeah, Ellers is a guy I'd love to see and, like like zone entry numbers for. Because I swear, yes. like every time, it's just like automatic. It's it's free real estate for. Him. Yes, and it's like. And it's not just that he's entering – like, he's going through the entire – he just carries the puck through the entire neutral zone and, like, weaves through three guys or around three guys or something. Like, takes it to the outside just as, like, yeah, I'm faster than you and I can outmaneuver you or some sh- bullshit and gets into the attacking zone. Right, yeah. And I feel like he's one of the few, like, really creative players that the Jets have. And and if you can if you can 
use that to create space for guys. Like, who was he playing with today? Oh, they had so many lines. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Murat uh, mentioned that they tried to stack it early on, like both like both teams like like top heavy early on. He played a lot with if he okay. So if he's creating space and he's playing with Blake Wheeler and Blake Wheeler is suddenly open in the slot because three defensemen have followed Ellers, that'll work a lot better than whatever bullshit they're doing now. Yeah, exactly. I, I just think, like, offensively, just systematically, they're just totally broken and, like, not in a good way. And, look, I know I, I don't want to get too angry at Paul Maurice because I know he's kind of, like, outside of that top six or so. Like, okay, the job he's doing defensively, I would say, is very difficult. There's, he's doing a very difficult job with this team. But there's so much talent in that top six. Like, this has to be better. There has to be some system that we're, something's got to get better with the, the strategy, the overall way you get pucks to the net. Like, just taking point shots. I mean, I know I'm trying to meme that into our episode and it's a running gag, but it, oh, I can't. I, yeah, but, but point shots work. Kyle Connor has like some of the silkiest mitts in the league. Just let him dangle five guys or something. I, I don't know. Have you seen how many goals they've scored from the point this year? Like they totally work. Uh, Are you doing my own meme to me? Yes. Five minutes after I did it to you. Yes. Precisely. The audacity. Well, I went the there. absolute audacity. You made me go full Stephen A. Smith. Never go full Stephen A. Smith. The other thing I, I would like to, to point out is Paul Maurice's consistent, like, reliance on Shifley, Connor, and Lina. And I know I just talked about how much talent there is in the top three, but these, I mean, it's just, it's not working. It just isn't. They, they're the only consistent line from today and had over 15 minutes of ice time together. And it's just... <sighs> Corsi 4 percentage, you know, 48%, so just below 50%. Expected goals percentage of 27%. Like, if that's your top line and they have an expected goals of 27%? Yeah. What, what? Yeah. And they're only asked for 15 minutes together. And it's every game like this. I can't remember a single game where that line has outperformed the other team's top line. Well, the problem is, is that when you, you stack that line like that, you've got probably like two of the worst defensive forwards in the league with Kyle Connor and Patrick Line, with a center in Mark Shifley who isn't exactly super dominant defensively either. No, no, he's definitely had his – He's definitely had his defensive struggles, and yeah, that's. They're, they're and like you, the. Uh, and then you compound that with the fact that there's no talent on this team defensively. They're like the anti-Crosby line. Oh my goodness! When when they throw uh, Sid and uh, Dominic Simone on the same line, and it's just like, yeah, the other team is just not gonna have the puck at all, or they're just not gonna be able to shoot because there's just nothing to do there. So, I guess. 
this is making me think, and I haven't, I haven't run this, you know, in my head enough to really make this an actual take. But you're giving me ideas as I'm going through this. Why isn't the Ellers Wheeler Roslovic line the top line? Because had, because hockey man. They've had better results. Is this not a results-driven league? Is that it not is. what I hear every time somebody says, well, this team should be good, but they're not winning games. The, the rebuttal is always, this is a results-driven league. What, 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 was the, what, was, what was everybody saying when Vegas hired their coach? Well, they're not winning games. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Why doesn't this logic work here? I don't have a good answer for you. That's, that's I didn't intend for this to be the angry pod, but it has turned into the angry pod. And I apologize. I don't want to go on rants every single time, but it's particularly for a team that's what three points out of a playoff spot now with this loss, I guess I'm doing just guesstimation. Nope. Where from where I know they were before this game started. Well, right now they're just a point out. Just a point. Yeah. Do other teams have games in hand? Uh, they're a point out, and if the NHL app is up to date yet, hopefully, um, they are a point out with a game in hand on Arizona. Oh, they have a game. The Jets have a game in hand. They're also a point out from um, Vegas as well, with, and they've played the same number of games. But okay. Minnesota, Minnesota's behind them, or behind Winnipeg. They're three points behind with. Uh, two games in hand, Ugh, but but they're 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 selling though. They lost Jason Zucker, and I'm sure that there will be more pieces. So this is an interesting thing. This, well, that, that I'm, is, not, I'm not done yet. I'm not done. Okay. Yet. Okay. All right. Hold, hold your or slow your roll. Okay. Uh, also, you got the Predators who are four points out or four points behind the the Jets with three games in hand, and you've got the Blackhawks who are five points behind the Jets with another three games in hand. So if, if the, if the Jets beat the Blackhawks next weekend, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Next weekend, they can essentially eliminate the Blackhawks. Not eliminate. Well, I, I don't want to say eliminate, but yeah. Seriously hurt their chances of coming back into this race. You can put them in the uh, California hockey team tier of shittiness. Where, where where does Chicago rank in sadness? Uh, I have no clue. They're probably actually I don't know. They're probably actually pretty high in sadness. For those who are not in the know, sadness is something tracked by Michael Blake McCurdy, the guy who runs um, the Hockey Viz website, and it's the chance of missing the playoffs and not picking in the top five. Chicago's at sixty-two percent which would be impressive if San Jose wasn't lapping the field. <laughs> and Winnipeg is basically a coin flip here. Let me put it this way. Chicago is higher in sadness than the Minnesota Wild and the New Jersey Devils. If you have more sadness than the New Jersey Devils, you've got a problem. I'm surprised that the Rangers and the Canadians are sadder than the Sabres. Right? But here's the thing. The Sabres have been sadder longer, I think. That's true. And plus, I'd imagine that Montreal has a better shot at 
making the playoffs. Well, and, I think, and, and if and when they miss the playoffs, it'll be like team number fourteen. Yes, and I imagine if Montreal played in the Pacific, they would be leading the division. I I imagine. Listen, this is this is basically just like 2014-15 all over again when the Sharks and the Kings missed the playoffs and the rest of the Pacific division just went ape shit because it was like everyone just got moved up to like like just moved up two spots. So like the Jets randomly made the playoffs that year. Um the Flames randomly made the playoffs and the Canucks randomly made the playoffs. You say the Jets? Yeah. I thought we were talking about the Pacific. Yeah, well, they got thrown in because wild card spots, whatever. Oh. Um, but getting back to what we should be talking about, uh, do you have any ob- observations from this game? Just, I mean, I, I just thought that their offensive production against a pretty defensively shitty Rangers team was pretty poor. But it's also just another case of the road jets. Or, sorry, the home jets. The home jets. The home jets. Home ice disadvantage. Yeah, it's what it's been for them this season. I mean, (laughs) last time I checked, they were, like, below 500 at home or, like, right around 500. It's it's not where you want to be at home. Nope. I guess my observation would be, you know, we, we talk a lot about Connor Hellbuck on the podcast, and he just – he wasn't there tonight. Oh, I thought and a couple, I, I thought I a couple of those goals he just had no chance on. Right. And I don't want to put any of the blame on the loss, but if, you, you know, if you're expecting him to be there every single night the way he has been, like that's unrealistic, and this is what happens. Right. Like one was a breakaway. Yeah. Um, Forgot about the second one. Uh, the third oh, the one. Second one was, the second one was a wide open tip. He wasn't going to get that one. Oh, yeah. The third one was, I guess you could blame for kicking the rebound directly into the slot. I mean, a, a little bit. I mean, if you're the goalie coach, sure, I'm not going to. But but also, like, the entire defense was puck watching. Yeah. And Okay, the fourth one was his fault. Like, yeah. you can't turn the puck over there. And it's just nope. a pretty – Nope. Sort of play there. Yep. You got anything else? Uh, no, let's get to your thing. <laughs> let's, let's turn this into the Brendan Farrell uh, out. This would be a lot more fun if the Sharks were worth talking about. <laughs> yeah. So, once again, for the uninformed... Um, I'm a bit of a Sharks fan, just a little bit, you know. Just a little bit. Just a teeny, tiny bit. <laughs> um, and so the Sharks and the Jets play each other on Friday. And, yeah, I mean, uh, this matchup hasn't gone well for the Sharks this season. See, it's gone well for the Jets. Yeah. But, I mean, the Sharks are already in the middle of a horrible, awful, no good, very bad season. And they're without two of their best players in Logan Couture. And and Joel Kelman. Tomas Hurdle. Dalton Prout. 
Dalton probably played like three games this year. <laughs> well, he's on IR. Yeah, he's been, he's been on IR. Otherwise, what is stopping the perennial NHL All-Star that is Dalton Prout? He picked up like a concussion or something like the first or second game and has just been on IR ever since. That's that is You know what? That sounds very familiar, doesn't it? RIP Brian Little. <sighs> but anyway, forget. They're, yeah, they're without Tomas Hurdle. I don't know if anybody could have hear me over or could hear Brendan over me intentionally blocking him out. Um, yeah. Wouldn't this team be exciting with Logan Couture and Tomas Hurdle in the lineup? Yeah, but I mean, even then, they still weren't good, per se. They've been through a lot. They made they made pace, or basically every possible change you can make. They have fired the coach. Yep. They have changed their starting goaltender. Ah, but did they get a new goaltender? No, but well, the new guy is still better than the old guy. So is he? Yeah, like Dell's been actually good. Well, Daily Faceoff still has him as number sixty-five goalie one. Hmm. Well, Aaron Dell's been <laughs> Dell's been good. Okay. Ever ever since he started, like actually starting, he's been pretty good. Okay. Fair enough. I have three words for you. Oh no. One C Barclay Goodrow. Yeah, that's stuff of like my nightmares, basically. One C Barclay Goodrow. Is your future. Apparently. He's the man. I mean, how many teams out there could actually be good without their two, their top two centers? Like Columbus, maybe, because they already don't have any centers. Edmonton. No, do they even have, (laughs) do they even have a second center? Um, I mean, like they have Nugent Hopkins, but like, mm. really though? Yeah, mm. they're they're going to be a mess. Is Drysaddle a center? No, he's a winger, isn't he? Well, he can play both. Okay, so their top two centers would be yeah, McDavid it, and Drysaddle. Yeah, yeah, if you play both McDavid and Drysaddle, that yeah, that's, yeah, that's all she wrote. That's a that's a big yikes for me. But it, the Red Wings might be able to win a game if they played Edmonton without. McDavid or Dreisaitl. Part of me kind of just wants to see that game because it would be like a, such a shit show. <laughs> just, just go to your local ECHL team. Like part of me It'll dies. It'll be the same thing. Part of me dies every time I see like today's Edmonton lines. Uh, you know, Dreisaitl, McDavid, and who the fuck are the, <laughs> these people? Like Cassian. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me you forgot about Cassian. Like, I think they, like, re-signed, like, this guy named Joachim Nygaard. Like, who? Who? Who are you people? Who? Exactly. But are they having a better season than the Winnipeg Jets? Yes, no, maybe. It's tough to say because they play in the Pacific. Do I really have to pick one of those teams? Okay. 
speaking of picks, are you going to pick? Do you want to pick Jets or the San Jose Sharks? Well, let me think about it. The Sharks haven't been like that bad recently. All that bad. They've been playing a little better. Um, you know, they they took two games in Alberta and then got absolutely destroyed against Calgary the other night. Rip. And also, Connor Hellbuck has like owned the Sharks this year. However, it is at home, so that oh, makes boy. me that makes when me a little at home. Wary. It's it's in Winnipeg. It is in the peg. In the peg. Which, Six p.m. Central Time. Just odd. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I had to. I had to like double check when I was looking at the the times when it said seven o'clock. I was, I was like, oh, so I, do I have to convert that? Because I was on the San Jose page. I was like, do I have to convert that from Western to Eastern? Yeah. No, it's just at yeah, seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock our time. Six o'clock your time this year. It's the uh, probably. It's, they're trying to get the Valentine's Day crowd. So. I'm just, but like, if you're playing a team that's actually on the West Coast, like, shouldn't that be West Coast time? Shouldn't you put it in a time where they can watch on a Friday? I don't know. The idea of like, because, you know, we're East Coast people, the idea of hockey coming on at four o'clock is kind of nuts. Yeah. Well, I think the same thing whenever the NFL is on. And on the West Coast, it would be 10 a.m. when yeah. football starts. Like, that's ridiculous. Who even wants 10 a.m. football? Oh, boy, 10 a.m. Okay, my pick is going to be 3-1 Jets. Barclay Goodrow scores the opening goal, though, and the Jets win 3-1. I think this is going to be a pretty – boring game because the Sharks themselves oh, are just sort of boring now without you know front players. The, the embodiment of happiness and Tomas Hurdle mm. who brings joy to everyone he meets yes. um, so that being said uh, I'll take the Jets in a 3-2 win that's what that's what we're going to roll with, I think. Okay. It's also it's just sort of like, do I really have to watch this game between these two teams? Yes. Because I, I just don't see a good game coming out of it. Your thoughts on Joe Thornton? Because we haven't somehow we have we've gone through this whole thing and haven't talked about Jumbo Joe. <sighs> um. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like I love Jumbo, like. Joe Thornton is, you know, has been my favorite player for a long time now. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would be open to them to them moving him, you know, because mm-hmm. I'd, I'd want him to go to a team with an actual shot at a cup, especially if it's his last season. Right. Uh, but that makes me think about also, like, you know, with the Penguins making their big move the other day with the wild game, Jason Zucker, like – you know, maybe there's a there's a chance that the that the Sharks make a move before this game even happens, because they last played on Tuesday or not Tuesday Monday, and they don't play until this game on Friday. So 
hey, you know, maybe maybe they make a move somewhere in there. Maybe. Maybe. Because, you know, it's like as soon as that first deal rolls in, like, you know, it is full systems go from there. Like, you get that ball rolling. And all of a is sudden, Jason Zucker the, the ball rolling? I think so. Like, Zucker's a pretty big piece. I mean, it also signal that the so Wild well. are probably selling. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to mention earlier about the standings. It's really interesting to me that the Wild, who are three points back from the Jets, if I remember correctly, you know, not too far back, have suddenly decided that they're going to be sellers, where it seems like, at least from what we've heard from the owners uh, and the management, that the Jets are going to are they're basically holding on to this idea that they're competitive and I, I, I don't know how I feel about it because I, I do want this team to be competitive and I do think there is they do have they've got a chance they're they're right there right but I don't I don't want to invest in this team enough to like bring someone in yeah I, 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 I get that but you know, I, I'm just saying that there's a there's a non-zero chance that Brendan Dillon is part of the Jets on Friday night. That would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah, you're getting traded. Just stay here. <laughs> we got a hotel for you. Um, they, they said that you... they said that uh, the Sharks were asking for like a second and a good prospect, and that there weren't a whole lot of takers on that. So we'll see on the Brendan Dillon front. Hmm. Why are the Sharks interested in trading Brendan Dillon? His contract's up, and they they don't have the cap to resign him. Oh. Plus, yeah, he's like he's like the he's the one asset of theirs that they can actually like trade. Like he actually has value. Hmm. Right, like obviously they have other players of value, like Burns and Eric Carlson and Vlasic and all them. But their contracts are just so nuts that it's just Humangus. like it's not happening. Nope. So we both had the Jets in this game. Uh, how are we doing on time? We're doing good. We can we can wrap things up here. You got any closing comments? Nope. Uh, yeah, so I think that's going to do it for us here. Um, so give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GritPer60Pod. Um, also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all of their platforms. Uh, and give the contact at contact THPN page on Twitter a look because they've got some cool sales and whatnot that helps benefit the network and thus benefits us. Like, uh, they got a nice, nice Reebok sale going on. So, you know, take a look through that page, you know, um, uh, see if there's anything you like, but, uh, yeah, that's going to do it from us here at the grit for 60 podcast for this episode. So thank you for listening and have a good one. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.